some work to spice them up well join me for my five-hour podcast to talk about how you can improve your character designs just kidding this podcast is only going to be 10 minutes for the first part today i'm joined by my special guest miranda and today we'll mostly be focusing on lunch part of character design but for now let's go over a few basic rules to character design whenever i start to create a character i usually have a story to base it on beforehand for example, I play D&D, and when I'm creating a D&D character, I usually start with the race and backstory for the character before I give the character defining features and characteristics. If they had something major happen to them in their backstory, it'll affect how your character will look. A word of advice when you're in this process, you will never design a character on the first try. It usually takes a while of thumbnailing and tweaking the character design before you might get them where you want them. References are a huge help to you at this time. Is your character a doctor or a fireman? Then look up references for those things. Is your character some sort of fantasy species? Maybe he, she, or they, or a dragon, or a dwarf. It could help to look up things about those two races before you actually get your character down on paper. Your characters must embrace a show-don't-tell kind of dynamic. Instead of spelling out their character personality and characteristics, try to put those directly onto the character. One way I do that uh, is to accessorize and dress your character according to their personality. You can tell that a character might be mean or in a bad mood if you put a character with a spiky leather jacket. That will definitely show that your character is some kind of, like, bad boy. <laughs> uh, I find it really helpful, and to ex- further explain this topic, uh, this segment I will bring in a new interviewer every week to discuss a specific important feature in character design. Today's interviewer is my best friend Miranda and she's an expert on character design, especially when it comes to dressing your characters. So let me introduce you to characters and convos. You may introduce yourself, Miranda. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Miranda. I have a background as a costumer and a cosplayer. I've done quite a lot of that in my life. So you've had a lot of experience dressing characters then? So much. Um, I've worked in youth theater and in adult theater locally and dressed characters for shows. Why would you say that clothing is so important to a design then? The way you live your life impacts what you wear. I have poor vision so I have to wear glasses (laughs) um and that's those things are very important when you talk about building a character because otherwise your character is just a cardboard cutout and not a person Mm -hmm. who you are defines what colors you wear what you wear clothing wise whether you wear leather jackets or whether you're um the kind of person who wears all plastic fibers (laughs) (laughs) or something like that uh okay so what is a great example of a character's clothing showing their dynamic and personality then? So my per- my current favorite is Good Omens. Okay. Can you explain Good Omens to the listeners? It's a TV adaptation on Amazon Prime of a book about Armageddon. 
and it's about angels and demons and the Antichrist uh-huh. and trying to avert the end of the world. So there's a lot of there's a large cast of characters who their personalities need to be represented so you know who they are when they come on screen. Who is your favorite character from Good Omens? Crowley, of course. Of course. I mean, I already knew that, but I figured I'd get you to explain it. Well, you know. Uh, so do you want to elaborate on how their clothing affects them as... Yes. Um, a lot of times when you're building a character who's a bad guy, people have a tendency to lean towards leather. Yeah. As we already talked. Um, and I really enjoyed Crowley's character design because they, for the most part, stay away from leather. He wears all black. 99% of the time but he really avoids like the traditional bad guy stereotype or the bad boy stereotype so they use since Crowley is a, the snake in Eden they use specific characteristics to point this out to you throughout the way he dresses he wears a snake belt his shoes are painted red which you never actually see but it's there to like subtly hint to you that like this is who this character is and who this character has always been um he wears a suit which i love he wears a suit jacket most of the time because it really allows him to morph through the different suit designs throughout history yeah rather than leaning too hard into like this one look because he's ever changing with history and with the fashions so it shows who he is against a background of history which is something they go through in the show they show a lot of history throughout the show so it's like six thousand years of like character development basically for him it is and it's especially for him as opposed to his counterpart um, it's 6,000 years of him in every fashion that has ever happened. Hmm. Interesting. So what do you find the most rewarding about dressing characters? The tiny details. I really like tiny details. Yeah. So what do you find the hardest aspect of dressing a character? Then? The hardest aspect of dressing a character, in my opinion, is when you have a character who's unconventional non-human characters are very hard Mm -hmm. especially depending on if you're dressing them for like a stage show you don't have the aspect of cgi to help you along whereas in tv and film you can immediately revert to cgi and other um animation techniques and you don't have to put those real clothes on real people you can make them something else Like with Good Omens, he's a snake, and so you see him as a snake. But on stage, that would Mm -hmm. be a much more difficult thing to present to an audience. Mm -hmm. Because how do you dress that? And there are ways it can be done, but budget is a huge thing. Budget is a huge thing. They're lucky that they had a really big budget for that. They're really lucky. They're so lucky. Uh, If a character has had previous source material, how hard is it to live up to the viewer's expectation? Um, It depends how specific your source material is. Um, When I think about something like The Hunger Games, which was a really big thing as far as the clothing went, a lot of the clothing was described in like vivid detail, and it was all too develop these personas that the characters had. Now, character design can be really difficult, especially for those who are just starting out. However, sometimes even big companies make huge mistakes. Most companies make mistakes on accident, unless they're not. Sometimes companies decide to completely change a character in an upcoming sequel or a new adaptation for the story. 
Usually this can be a huge mistake. Taking a beloved character and completely rearranging them tend to really upset people. If you take an old movie and revamp it, this brings us to our next segment in the show, where me and my friend here will talk about good and bad character designs and revampings uh, and what we have seen recently. Uh, now me and Miranda will rant about character design to you for the foreseeable next to the podcast. Yeah. So this segment is called uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, so now I'll go first and like state what I think is poor character design. And here's where I'm really going to go off because... <laughs> This is where I'm going to talk about Disney and what they're doing recently. Because Disney has decided to take it upon themselves to completely revamp old tellings of, like, Disney stories. But in, like, this new, like, real-life, like, CGI. And that's... It's taking away everything that was memorable about the characters. Like, if you look at the new Lion King... They're just lions. There's no facial expressions to those lions. There's nothing special about those lions. It's a lion. It's not even, like... You can tell the difference between Scar and Mufasa because of the way that they're colored, the way that they're shaped. Scar is, like, this skinny little thing that's, like, colored in, like, these dark colors to show he's a bad guy. There's no expression. There's no emotion to any of them because they're they're lions and they can't make facial expressions like a cartoon would. Or at least that's what they said. And this is just... I think this is just a cash crap. I think Disney is just, they just want money. So they're going to like go off of people's nostalgia and just rake in the dough and just sit back and watch as they destroy old Disney classics. Uh, But there was a good CGI movie that came out and I think Detective Pikachu was amazing because all the character designs stayed true to like the old designs of Pokemon while making them realistic and there's not a single Pokemon in that freaking movie where they're not like expressive mm-hmm. like they're all like so expressive and like I they're it's just like amazing realistic. yeah it's and that's the good of like doing like a CGI character who's like realistic but can also express like human emotions so I think that was one of my favorite movies of the year and a pretty good character design. So my real life cats are more expressive than the lion. <laughs> <laughs> so what what about you? What was the worst that you've seen? But um Disney owns a few other things now, uh including Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And they've made a made a few new Star Wars movies. Yeah, they have. And for me, like Han Solo is one of my all-time favorite characters. Yeah. He's iconic but he's also like a very simple character and he's a very simple character visually clothing wise by George Lucas's intentional design yeah. but then they made solo yeah they did and it's um it's bad because it is bad. They started when he's, like, 19 years old, which, like, okay, that's fine. But he dresses the exact same at 19 and has the exact same haircut at 19 as he does at 29 when he's introduced in A New Hope. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had the same outfit for, like, my entire life, so. Like, okay, I get that clothes wear for a long time, but also he's a poor orphan living in the sewers at 19. Yeah. And he's not... 
by the time you get to A New Hope. So they and they covered a, like a range of time. There was a time jump in the film and he doesn't change at all. Yeah. He, there's nothing to show that, oh, he's three years older. Oh, he has maybe a little bit of money now or access to different things. There's mm-hmm. nothing to illustrate that. Even with the other characters in the film, there's very little... Kira is the only one because she goes from like sewers to a fancy dress when she's first reintroduced. But there's still very little to show A, they've grown up, B, they've changed situations. Mm -hmm. All I wanted was for dirty teenagers in the sewer. And they were clean and showered. So what's the best? The best I've seen this year... Hmm. I think my favorite, currently at this point, knowing that Downton Abbey comes out Thursday, yeah. uh, my f- current favorite is Good Omens. Yeah. However, Thursday... It will be Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, it will be Downton Abbey. And it is always Downton Abbey. I love Crowley's style, and he's... So much. S- call him Ranch, because he be dressing. Like, honestly... <laughs> Uh, And with that, I bring this first episode of this podcast to a wonderful close. Thank you for joining me. And a special thanks to our special guest, Miranda, for this wacky ride of a podcast. Can I get a walk? (laughs) And we will see you next week.